0: Five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios. It's time for the Rush with Puttus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas.
1: I think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on. You know, I'm I'm thankful for my four years in Cleveland. There's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that uh, you know I'll forever keep with me. You know what? teammates and friends and, and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime and you know just flew in last night from East Lansing Michigan for Drew Stanton who's my mentor he was a quarterback there in Cleveland when I got drafted and just relationships like that you're just so thankful for so I mean it's the support staff in Cleveland the people of Cleveland it's a great sports town so I, I'm thankful for it and that's there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means.
2: Rush is back, final hour. Teddy Lehman here, Tyler McComas in studio today, 651-3439. There's Baker Mayfield talking about um, his history with Cleveland, um, no ill will towards the city of Cleveland. I think that's true. Um,
0: you always have to feel a certain type of way if um, the fans treat you like they do. And Baker isn't one to forget about things.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's hard to say. I think you can say I've got no ill will towards the city of Cleveland and you've obviously you don't feel that way about the people that said and said bad things berated you online. Like, like that statement is not for those people it's for the the fans that have have been a fan of the football team and and backed them through thick and thin i mean i'm sure that's what he's talking about there but on the other end of it i don't want to say that he's a liar but it's not the time to be picking a fight with a a fan base or an organization sure. right you're you're on the open market essentially you need to um, and keep the
0: conversation about Deshaun Watson because that's where all the negative conversation yeah. is. Like you're you you're on the good side of this right now. Just just stay on the good side.
2: Yeah, you don't. I mean, it, it, let's say Seattle or or Carolina or whoever it is is thinking about bringing him in, and you know he has a statement about yeah 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 Cleveland organization sucks. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, front office there is pathetic. Like uh, the first thing they're going to say is, "Yeah, guys, is this? Do we want to be having this happen in two years? Uh, maybe we shouldn't do this deal." So yeah, I think it's a smart play by him. But it helps whenever they're about to uh, give you eighteen million dollars, or at least a portion of that, uh, in this trade. Um, that that kind of that changes your opinion of, of how the whole thing went down. But there's no way he feels good about how they treated him after he played through injury. And it's so frustrating. You know, I think there there was a time, and it doesn't feel like it was very long ago, whenever a quarterback or anyone really fought through a tough injury, fought through a ton of pain to go out there and play was looked at as uh honorable right and here baker mayfield went and did that and i hear everyone talk about like how stupid he is and how dumb it was for him to do that and how 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 horrible it was that cleveland you know let him play and <sighs> It's like, what are we even talking about? Yeah, I hate that. It's, that's so dumb. When someone you know, throws their body out there and gives it everything they have, even whenever they're in a tremendous amount of pain, um, they can't do the things that they, they want to do, but they're out there trying, it, it's really easy to say, yeah, no, you know what, guys – um, I know it would help everyone if I went out there and, and continued to press on and try, but I got to look out for old number one. I'm doing this for me. Like that used to be considered selfish. And now it's considered that you're a moron for not being selfish. It's so weird how quickly our society is well, we, flipped. Well,
0: we are in the, um, well, why would you play in the bowl game? Um, load management in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, sure. Baker, though, like seriously, man, you're 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 hundred percent sure there's no chance at any uh, reconciliation with the with the Browns?
1: No, I, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out. But uh, we're we're ready to move on. I think on both sides. So yeah, sounds like they haven't talked in a while.
2: Well, hey, I'm ready to reconcile. Uh, send me a cashier's check for eighteen point eight million dollars. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll make up real quick if you want to do it that that way. Soonerscoop.com got that audio, uh, by the way. Give him credit for that. But yeah, that was. uh, I uh, hate to give you credit. It's one of my least favorite things to do. But yet again, Oklahoma is the center of the sports universe. The biggest story in sports today is what Baker Mayfield said, and it happened at his camp here in uh, Norman earlier this afternoon.
2: That's right. Look at that. That's right. Always. Always is um, one way or another. There's always a tie. So there you go, um, man. That that Deshaun Watson deal is it's getting ugly, and I don't know. I just read briefly about the Houston Texans. You know, they've now been named in a lawsuit about like, they were they knew what was going on and maybe even like made him an NDA uh to give to the masseuses that he was he was using crazy man yeah it is crazy. crazy
0: lane in california on better news uh he's listening to us today from the golf course of uh or a golf course <sighs> in palm springs wow that looks unbelievable
2: it's amazing oh my gosh that looks cool you got these beautiful mountains in the uh, in the distance
0: which lane is in the rough by the way over by the cart path so it must yes. have been a tough tee
2: shot there isn't it just beautiful how you can, in the middle of a desert, have a plush green golf course with water pumped in from uh, the Colorado <laughs> River in Arizona <laughs> over the mountains, the Sierra Mountains, uh, into California? It's amazing yeah, what he, they do.
0: He also sends us another picture of him listening. It says 112 degrees. Whoa, oh, but it's, a dry, it's a dry, dry out there. I hate when people say that. It's, it's No, 112 is 112. I don't care if it's dry or what the heat is like. It, 112 is really hot. The hottest I've ever been is in uh, Las Vegas where, yes, it is a dry heat.
2: Yeah, you know where else it's a dry heat? I, uh, Iraq, right? And that place, is a, it turns into an absolute desert. There's a reason. You don't want to be there. Whew, brutal.
0: Yeah. So, we all think that um, OU fans are going to flock to wherever Baker's at next, Seattle, or has Kyler played so well in the NFL that more people are going to be... I I mean, you root for both of them. That's not what I'm saying, but you naturally you have an allegiance that's larger than the other. Has Kyler carved into that any at all in Arizona? No. I don't think he has either.
2: I enjoy watching... I watch uh, Arizona play whenever they're on strictly to watch Kyler Murray. Um, I think that's probably how some other Sooner fans are, but I don't think it's uh, appointment viewing like it has been with the Browns in in recent years. But it will be cool if this this deal moves forward and we got those guys in the same division. That'll be fun.
0: Um, It's so weird about the possibility of going from Bob Bowlesby, who clear eyes. <laughs> I think about him every time uh, I hear him talk. Ben Stein. Ben Stein to Brett Yormark, who is uh, a part of Jay-Z's Rock Nation. Yeah. Um, it, it That is the rumored hire for the next Big 12 commissioner. It is certainly out of the box, and I feel like it's going to be quite different than what they had before with Bob Bowlesby.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's a it's an out of the box hire. His background is is a little bit different or a lot of bit different, I guess. But it makes sense in a sense that I feel like a a conference commissioner is like 20% like conference commissioner and 80% uh, TV network liaison. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the biggest thing is how do we position ourselves best to, to create revenue? And that's usually through viewing. And I, I honestly believe like the streaming stuff is probably the next the next avenue for for college football fans we haven't really seen that take place in sports like television has changed and and people's viewing habits have changed the only thing that has really stayed traditional is how people view sports and i think if the right model comes along that sports will probably go all streaming hey, as well that's
0: fine i welcome that if there's any way and this is the only way but if there's any way that I could justify spending $300 a month on all the streaming services we purchase at our house, let's go. Right. Put them on the streaming services I already purchased. Yes, please. I can I can get down with that.
2: I, I just. I can I, get down. I think that
0: – Which Thursday Night Football this year is on Amazon, correct? Isn't I think, that right? Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know if it's strictly on Amazon or if it's going to be simulcast on there. But, you know, it's just – it's. It's, a, it's going to be a tough transition for the Big 12. You've got, I think you're going to have, without Oklahoma and Texas, I still think you're going to have an incredi- incredibly competitive league. But, you know, everyone is used to that $35 million a year payout. Right? And that's not going to happen anymore. Nope, sure isn't. And it's kind of like... Um,
0: and there's no real avenue to make up for that. I, I guess they're going to get right. a new deal coming up, but they're not just going to blow it out of the water like the Big Ten's about to.
2: Well, I have a feeling, like, with the way that this thing went down and Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, that like, whatever their new deal is, I, I almost feel like it's a, it's a they're going to kind of throw them a bone a little bit. Like, I think they could really – you think
0: OU and Texas are going to throw no, the Big no, no, Twelve no. a bone? No, oh, the, the networks. TV networks are. Well, that kind of um, that got that kind of goes to a random question I had for for today. It's you know, 2023. We know that Baylor, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are all coming. Now, if they're all coming in 2023, the TV uh, number is still going to be the same for the Big Twelve, correct? Because they'll still have that same deal, right? Yeah. And if they still have the same deal. Does that mean OU and Texas are taking less money, significant less money, with four new teams coming into the league?
2: I don't think the four new teams will get a full share. I don't know how it's... But
0: even without a full share, that's still taking money away from OU and Texas.
2: I would imagine... I don't
0: know how much money that would be taking away from them. I just wonder if that aspect we're not paying enough attention towards in terms of when the move's going to
2: happen. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if since OU and Texas are leaving and the Big 12 had to find their replacements if like they have to pay those four new schools out of the allotment from the other from the remaining 8 teams. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys can take your cut out like we're not you know that's not on I don't know I just I don't know how that went down but you know you're right I mean if if you're chipping off some money for the four new teams that are coming in um, and and Oklahoma and Texas are involved in that there, there will be some some loss of revenue there but my my initial feeling is that OU and Texas would be like, yeah, why don't you guys carve that out of your, your income?
0: What's the, uh, not like an actual deadline, but you know what I mean by deadline. Like, what what's the date this year or next year to where if we don't hear an official announcement that OU and Texas are going to the SEC, then we can conco- we can we kind of forget about it happening in 2023. Like, next off season, like June or July, like, when it has to be the cutoff point. Because there's a lot of fans that are still hopeful this year, or last year in the Big Twelve, but like, what, what's what's the cutoff point there? I think we gotta move on from that.
2: Doesn't the SEC release their schedule in like March?
0: It was, um, yeah, it was pretty early in the year. I don't, I, I think it was March. I don't think it was as early as February, but yeah, it's 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 right there in that area. Sure,
2: I would say whenever um, whenever the SEC releases their schedule. If they release their schedule and it ain't got OU or Texas on it, then we ain't gonna be there. Yeah. Uh. Um. That's not it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: So really, I mean, we're talking about the next eight months. Then is is when that has to uh, is, is when that has to come out.
2: This says that.
0: No, it, it didn't get released September 21st, 2001, which I think is what you're looking at.
2: Yeah, what is Why is that? 2021, they released I, the I, schedule I, for I, the 2022 I season. Um, just
0: look up SEC schedule release show, which I believe was on the SEC network. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was sometime earlier this year is when it was.
2: Huh, Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you hearing any scuttle on this is the last year in the Big 12 or we it's
0: the best kept secret in town right now, I can tell you that. I still get asked it a lot and it's just same thing is honestly like OU has done a phenomenal job of keeping this one uh, under wraps.
2: I've I've been told that we're playing playing it out. I I have a hard time believing that.
0: I know. I have a hard time believing that.
2: I think that I think Venable's, and, and maybe maybe it's above his pay grade. I don't know, but I think Venable's. Why, if if he had any possible influence on that, I think that his his choice would be to wait as long as possible. I
0: agree, hundred percent. And, and I see his reasoning why. I mean, he wants to bust down the door when he goes to the SEC. He doesn't want to go to that league unprepared. And I'm not just talking about roster-wise. It's facility-wise, just kind of everything. And, yeah, I, the vibe is that – not that he's scared of that conference, but you know, maybe they're not where they need to be right now in terms yeah, they of – They
2: just they got, – they got ground to make up um, with some facility stuff, with just getting – you know, getting his his entire plan in process and rolling, and you know if if they can get those things and be ready for a uh, a transition to the SEC sooner rather than later, then maybe that changes. But I also think it's easier for Oklahoma. To win a national championship through the Big Twelve right now than it is the SEC.
0: The reason it's a secret is there is no plan to leave early. They will run the full length of the contract and avoid the massive payout. That's from the text line. Maybe I my only question is does adding four teams void the contract that OU and Texas have?
2: We talked about that before. I brought that up. I, I and you know, we've thrown that around. It doesn't sound like it, but it doesn't even sound like OU is chasing that down right and and maybe texas is because here's the other thing that we just don't know remember that texas a&m broke this news like OU and texas didn't break this news like if it wasn't for texas a&m we still may not know about it maybe not and they may have still had plans to just wait it out and whenever that deal was Uh, Expired, like it was going to be like, oh hey, I know you guys are negotiating. We're yeah, we're going to the SEC. Yeah, so I don't
0: know. Like one team is not going to go without the other. Like we feel like okay, here's what Brent Venables thinks. What here's what his preference would be. I don't know if that's the same preference as Joe Castiglione or not because he's got to worry about other things other than what Brent Venables has to worry about. But I wonder if OU and Texas are aligned in their preference of when to actually leave the Big Twelve. Because well, that, that's an interesting relationship to balance.
2: I think that Texas may have had some uh, early excitement about going to the SEC and then they went 5-7 and seven last year. <laughs> maybe. And that may have uh, brought a little bit of realization, like, hey, maybe we need a couple years to get this thing uh, really clicking before we make that transition. So, I don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next.
0: There's Baker Mayfield talking about Brent Venables earlier today at the Baker Mayfield camp here in Norman. He basically said, uh, yeah, uh, I'm done with the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are done for me, uh, done with me, whatever. We'll uh, We'll move on and we'll move ahead. That was interesting to hear from Baker today. Someone sent us an image on the Air Cover Solutions text line. It says, most likely playoff team for each conference and then a dark horse playoff team. Alabama most likely to make the playoff, according to this graphic. The Dark Horse playoff team is Tennessee. Agree? Disagree? Agree. Um, I'll disagree with that. I'll say... Don't say Florida, dude. I will say Kentucky. How about that? Okay. Ohio State out of the Big Ten. Michigan State out of the uh, Big Ten. Mi- Michigan uh, State Dark Horse.
2: I guess... Yes, even though I don't think that they're a dark horse I don't I think they have a chance.
0: I won't say Michigan State. I'll say the team in the Big Ten West that gets the super easy schedule and gets a one game scenario against Ohio State. Whether Iowa? that's whether that's Wisconsin or Iowa. Yeah. yeah, who's ever got the cake schedule this year?
2: Yeah. I Michigan State, I think that may be a bit of a stretch, but I don't know.
0: Big twelve, most likely OU, dark horse Baylor. Yes. If Baylor is labeled as a dark horse, that is the correct answer.
2: Right. If you're looking for the like, option one and option two, yeah, that would be who I'd say. Like, if you're talking about a team that's like I don't I wouldn't consider Baylor to be a like a traditional dark horse. I I would say like a um, it may have to be like a Kansas State, but that is such a stretch for Kansas State oh, that yeah, I can't. I you can't even. You can't even say it. Side
0: note: I mean, we didn't even mention Texas there. Uh, side note: I did a lot of research today on uh, OU and Texas, like kind of their head-to-head and recruiting since yeah. 2002. I also found out this little nugget for you. Can you tell me the last time, what year it was, when Texas was undefeated heading into Dallas for the OU-Texas game? When was the last time that's happened?
2: Hmm. The last time Texas was undefeated heading in.
0: Which mind you, we're not talking about going 8 or 0 or 8 and or 9 and 0. We're really talking about going Five. 4 5 and 0 and 3 or 4 of the teams you play are normally pretty bad.
2: Yeah. Um undefeated I don't even think they were Were they even undefeated in 09? Yeah, they were. They were yeah,
0: but it's more recent than that. It's 2011 was the last time.
2: 2011. 2011.
0: It's been over a decade since they've been undefeated heading into OU Texas, and really a lot of those years they had like multiple losses, not just one.
2: Who was was
0: Colt McCoy still there? In a- no, uh, Colt McCoy's last year was 09. 09. Uh, really? Yeah, uh, 2010 was Garrett Gilbert. They were five and seven that year. Then he was out. I think 2011 would have been like. God, was that like David Ash
2: territory? No.
0: Yeah, yeah, 2011 is 2011 that? Yeah, David Ash was there during those years.
2: I know, yeah, I think he was there in 2012. I think you're right. Well, because... 2011
0: is, oh, you destroyed Texas in that 2011 game. I think he may have been the quarterback.
2: Yeah, maybe so. Um what was uh, what's Colt McCoy's brother's name? Case McCoy. That was that thirteen. He
0: beat OU in twenty thirteen. Yes.
2: Yeah. Huh.
0: Or was it? Actually, I think it was fifteen when he beat OU. Fifteen? Yeah, they beat OU. Uh, well, yeah, in 2013 it was thirteen and twenty fifteen.
2: Well, whatever year it was, Strikers the one that made him flip, right? right. Yeah. So, wow. So twenty eleven was the last time they were undefeated.
0: Right. Heading so, into the OU game.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: Great program, huh? And all of, and some of you out there are scared that they're having a good recruiting class this year. In case you missed the numbers, uh, in the past 22 recruiting classes, I'm counting 2023, the current one, uh, Texas has out-recruited OU 14 out of the past 22 times. But in what actually matters, the football games, OU has beaten Texas 14 out of the past 21 times.
2: That is... Say that one more time because okay. past 22 it's so, recruiting classes. So rare it, that this has happened.
0: Past 22 classes. I'm counting 23. It's not done yet, but it is trending to where right. Texas is going to have, I should say, higher rank, not the better, but the higher rank recruiting right. class. Um, Texas had the higher-ranked recruiting class fourteen times to just OU's eight the past twenty-two classes. All right, right. And in the past twenty-one games, OU holds a fourteen to seven advantage over UT.
2: Right. Um, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Bucked the trend. It's the exact opposite. Um, they've bucked the trend on them as far as uh, recruiting and wins. That is something. Just off the top of our heads, thinking about it, like it's it's essentially would be the equivalent of, you know, they out it's it's the gap isn't that big, but it's still consistent. I mean, it would be like. Maybe this is too extreme to say Auburn beating Alabama. No, every I, year. I
0: think that that's. I think it's on the level of sure uh, Auburn beating Bama fourteen out of the past twenty one times. I, I think that that's. But Auburn hasn't out recruited well, Alabama in a long time. Is the only thing.
2: Now this one is is one sided on on the. Well, it, it's outlandish the other way, but it would be like because Ohio State out recruits Michigan. Yes. Pretty much every year. At least they have since Urban Meyer took over. and But they've beaten them every year pretty much, going like except for this year, going back to like what? Like they've lost like twice in 20 years or something crazy. It would be like them out-recruiting Michigan uh, consistently almost every year, but then losing to them almost every year. It's unheard of. It's crazy. It just doesn't happen.
0: And not only lose to them, I mean, there's been – what, a handful of times where you've gotten just completely, absolutely embarrassed in some of these games.
2: Right. Yep.
0: I'm t- I don't think you could find another rivalry in the country where one team has out-recruited another school that many times, but the other school has that big of an advantage over a you know 20-game spread.
2: Dude, how about the – look at this. 2011 Texas Longhorns lost to number 3 Oklahoma – Lost to number six, Oklahoma State. Lost to number 13, Kansas State. Lost to number 12, Baylor. How about the Big 12 in 2011, huh? They played four top 13 teams throughout the season. Lost
0: to all of them, correct?
2: Lost to all of them. Yeah,
0: what was that OU score? Very lopsided that year.
2: 55 17. Mm, But Case McCoy did throw for 116 yards.
0: (laughs) Good for him.
2: Yeah, they. Uh, that's crazy though. That, you know, the Big Twelve. Um, that was the last year having the the original twelve, and still had several teams in the in the top fifteen consistently, top ten. Hmm. Wow. Uh,
0: what if Quinn Ewers kicks butt, wins a Big Twelve title, and goes to the college football playoff? What does Sark do? Step back into reality, I guess, because that ain't happening.
2: Well, but let's let's entertain it. Let's say that that the Quinn Ewers kid is everything that he's been billed to be. Um, elite level talent, accurate, athletic. They've, he's surrounded by some really good players, uh, a skill position. Let's say the offensive line gets it together is is good enough and they're a one loss big 12 champion and they make themselves uh, a semifinal contestant. What does Sark do with uh – Arch Manning come in.
0: He tells him, sorry, this is the first guy in over a decade that's won a Big 12 title in Austin. He'll be off to the NFL after this year, but he is our starting quarterback going into 2023. Well, that's at least what I would do and the smart thing to do. Knowing Texas, um, they would put all the pressure in the world on Quinn Ewers, call it a quarterback battle all offseason, and then eventually replace him with Arch Manning in week three. That's probably what they would do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I it would it would be tough. I guess all you do is, you know, convince uh, Quinn Ewers that, you know, you're the guy. You don't you don't have anything to be worried about. Just go out and do do the thing that you know got us to the uh, the semifinal. There's there's not a freshman that's going to come in and take your job if you do that.
0: Texas recruiting is like a used car salesman selling a big turd to recruits. And by the time they get to that big turd, it's too late.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah Drive the big turd off the lot, it's too late uh,
2: Well, it used to be too late But
0: And I think this is Might be able to sell back a used car for more now After you drive it off the lot, who knows
2: Yeah, I think this is a sign Though, of the problem at Texas At least that I've seen And maybe you can remind me, but I haven't seen a bunch of they're better players transferring out.
0: Well, Muleshoe may have tampered with uh, their their best wide receiver. Um, why am I totally blanking on his Worthy? name? Yeah, Xavier uh, Xavier Worthy. But no, not r- really. Uh, I think they had a couple guys that left, but. I mean, Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy stay, DeMarvey and Overshow right. stay. Is there anyone else there that was good last year? Well,
2: I'm not just saying last year. I'm just saying in general, since this this transfer thing has really got, gotten rolling, we just haven't seen a lot of that. And that's what I'm, I, I feel like that's a sign of the problem there. You show up in Austin, and it's not long before the last thing you're thinking about is football, right? Yeah. There's not a bunch of guys jumping ship to go. I want to go somewhere and get better. I want to go somewhere and develop. I want to go somewhere where it's going to be more difficult. We win more games. And, you know, they're all staying there because it's comfortable and it's nice. And you're a star. And you can go down to 6th Street and be big man on campus. 36th. 36th? Dirty 6th. Oh, dirty 6th. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, that seems strange.
0: By the way, someone asked, would running back Richard Young be comparable to Adrian Peterson? No, I'm not. (laughs) Richard Young is a really good running back. Uh, I believe at least one service has him as the number one running back. But he, no. Adrian Peterson is still playing NFL football. He ain't comparable to the guy. And boxing. And boxing at the former Staples Center.
2: Uh, Richard Young. No. Out of Lehigh Acres, Florida, five-star running back? Yeah, it's him. 5'11", 200 pounds. I
0: don't care if they have the same measurables. He ain't AD, man.
2: Right. Yeah. No, he's – I don't think so. But who knows? Could turn out to be a a great player. It's hard to compare any high school kid to an NFL Hall of Famer. It's just tough to do. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay tuned.
0: Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing to the final hour of The Rush on this Tuesday. Uh, Some of you did not ask to hear about this, but, well, you get kind of everything on the Air Covered Solutions text line. I watched a homeless man poop on a college kid that was passed out by a dumpster on Dirty 6th in Austin. It was 9 p.m. Something you can recruit to. So, Do you think that's a true story, by the way? uh, pretty detailed.
2: Yeah, probably. Probably true. So, has this issue always – how long has 6th Street been like this? Um, I mean,
0: the last time I was there was the night that Zeke Elliott and Ohio State beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So, that was 2014. 14. So, it's been like eight years ago. It was fine. I'm not saying that it was like super clean. I, I feel like this is a more recent phenomenon that's happened there, but do not quote me on that. I know we got some listeners in Austin that could, you know, well speak I, to that a little bit better. I know than me.
2: they've had, you know, over the last like five or six years, there's been this real loosening of like the restrictions on the homeless population in Austin. Right? Remember like they could set up a tent on your uh on the sidewalk if it was city property in front of your house like in a neighborhood oh, and yeah. stuff like that and feel like whenever they loosen those restrictions then I'm I'm sure some of that stuff started to happen but I don't know if m- maybe that's not right maybe it's kind of always been a thing
0: Oklahoma Johnny isn't what you guys are describing with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning almost the same as to what yeah. happened with Rattler and Caleb Williams So it's not outlandish to think Manning could be QB1 midway through the season, which I hope happens so that Texas can continue being a dumpster fire.
2: Yeah, that's almost exactly what happened. Yeah, it
0: is. Though, I mean, Caleb Williams, he was a five-star number one quarterback. He had a lot of hype, but not like Arch. Not like
2: Arch. It's, I understand that it's different. In college, you you just this is the nature of it. You you have to kind of do it this way, but it would be it's it's kind of like taking a quarterback with the number one pick in a draft and doing it the same thing next the next year, and feeling like your quarterback room with two number one draft picks is going to be. Uh, just a great place for those two to coexist, yeah. and it's not.
0: Even the Arizona Cardinals said, "Yeah, we won't put you through that, Josh Rosen. We'll send you elsewhere." Right.
2: right. So, you it, it, and, I, and I get that it's the dynamic is a little bit different in college, but not much. And uh, right now, I gotta you gotta imagine that if you're Quinn Ewers, every single person that you know is is saying. What do you think? What do you think about Arch Manning coming? Is you you worried about it? You, you,
0: you remember Sean Clinch, right? he Used yeah, to work sure. here in the market. He was on with a uh, Steelman and Thune today, and he said, "I'm having lunch outside of Austin, kind of like in a you know outdoor area, whatever." And he said, "I'm not just saying this because I'm on with you guys. I'm being honest. I've heard uh, multiple people mention the last name Manning, just kind of walking around talking to each other while they're there. So that's like yeah. the soul. It's not Quinn Ewers, which, by the way, who was a pretty highly ranked quarterback in his own right. Like, all the attention is, is squarely on Arch Manning.
2: Well, maybe Quinn Ewers is going to go out and be terrible, and right, there's no controversy here, right? And there's there's nothing to worry about. But I don't know. you got to imagine the kid is now under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, he's already transferred from Ohio State. He's burned his, his free transfer already, which was you know totally worthless to do because he originally could have been in this recruiting class, right? And that this recent one, he would be just going into his yeah, freshman right.
0: year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct.
2: So, I mean, I'm sure he's made some good nil money, and and no one's gonna say that that's a mistake, except for me. I'll say it's a mistake to reclassify and go early.
0: To all the fans out there friggin' out about Texas recruiting, I have two words: College station. In the past few years, AM has been recruiting at a consistently high level, and all they have to show for it is a psychopath for a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. You want to see how a psychopath does it? You hang around here at college station, all right? Because I'm done with Nick Saban. You want to see how God does You see want to see how God does his deals? Yeah, well, you'll see if he's all perfect. Uh, Peyton says, I just think that Arch will struggle mightily right off the bat and will take a year or two to adjust to actual competition. The guys he's playing with now are less athletic than me most of the time. Wow, that's a real dig at the 2A uh, players in Louisiana.
2: I don't know. I think Arch has some real talent. I think he has the potential to be really good quarterback. Will he struggle mightily right off the bat? Well, I would say most likely yes if he's thrown to the wolves as a true freshman. Pretty much everyone struggles uh, as a true freshman. I mean, there's like a very, very small handful of people ever that have been a true freshman and and really done anything of note. Usually it's enough to get you by um conservative offense, use your running game, don't put him in bad positions, play to your defense. It's typically what you see. Rarely do you see a freshman go out there, true freshman and just you know put everything on his back and go.
0: Redshirt freshman a little bit different, but true freshman yeah. sure.
2: Red Redshirt freshman and a true freshman is like, completely different, especially in this world when you're talking about early arrivals. A, a redshirt freshman has been through two springs and two training camps by the time he starts a game. That That is massive. So, yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next in studio. Stay with us.